0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Tiger Minor League Report Recap Podcast. It's been been a while, it, with the Minor Leagues being kind of well, the All-Star break and everything. wanted to make sure we had enough content to go around, and we do have plenty to get to this evening. I am Rojelic Castillo and me is Chris Brown and David. And we just wanted to thank everybody who... We had a big accomplishment today on Twitter. Again, this is something that I, I know we would you stop moving the camera, dude? I was just in the
1: I'm corner, really, eye, like, <laughs> like
0: there's this
1: light right here.
0: Oh, okay. I, I, I,
1: I, well, you know.
0: <laughs> Suddenly, waiting. uh, where's the weight room around here? But uh okay. no. So I wanted to thank everybody who follows us on Twitter. We hit 10,000 followers. We are now just, and I take this with the with pride. Whether the Tigers like it or not, I don't care. But. Uh, we are just 3,000 f- followers behind the Tiger Minor League Development official account. So they have 10,000 followers for a completely organic thing. I, I will take pride in that all day long. So thank you. Thank you to James Chipman, Jake Bowes, King Carter, Adam. There's a bunch of people. And, you know, what was the gentleman that wrote for us out of Ohio, Chris? we have heard from him in a long time. That really oh, helped man. Us
1: yeah, I forgot about that dude. I, oh, jeez, that makes me feel bad. Yeah. that dude? Yeah, I. Remember, hmm. Boy, I forgot his name. He I, got I, me a really good it. book too, and he's a. I feel bad. I so
0: bad. I feel so bad. I can't remember his name at the top of my head right now. But
1: you no, know, he kind of went. You know, he was from Columbus, right? And he kind of just yeah. just went off the grid. We also had remember Alex Drain wrote something for us. Uh, just one article at the old website. Yeah. For moving on to Mgo blog.
0: That's right, Mm -hmm. Alex Drain, good people. I forgot about that. Yeah, Yeah, so this site has an illustrious alumni, but we have to get cracking on some articles, and we will be doing that. We're going to be, right after the All-Star break, we'll really finally reveal our top 25.
1: uh, After the trade deadline, you mean?
0: Oh, sorry, yeah. Take two, Yeah. the trade deadline, yeah. And for those out there, I want to, this this trade line is going to be funky. It's going to be very funky, and I say that because, Either it's going to be a whole lot of activity or a whole lot of nothing. Right now, it's super quiet, but I feel I feel this year there's going to be some activity. It's all going to happen all at once. I mean, I think the Mariners getting Luis Castillo is huge because it was a foregone conclusion that, oh, the Yankees are going to get Luis Castillo, and it did not happen that way. And so Seattle got – I don't know what why prospects fans out there were like, oh, they gave up prospects. It's like, well, what do you want? You want to win or you want to keep them all? Do what you have to do and make that happen. But I just I just find it funny because they're like, well, you know, uh, the, the, it sets up Cincinnati because Cincinnati looks really good now. They have one of the best farm systems, and they get a lot of cheap talent because that's what C- Cincinnati wants to do. But, no, I'm, I'm hoping that – I just feel like with everything that's going on right now, I think it should be – I think it should be a big – time trade deadline but before we get to that uh i do want to mention so one of the things i've been working on on the side for the our top 25 is player profile so every player is going to get something like this so when you go to this is just an example but you'll get the power hit run throw and defensive tool you will get a nice little picture where they are in our top 25 da 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 and yeah there's gonna be a written article with it we'll like i said we're in the process of finishing up it's gonna be it's gonna take me a couple days but i just started this i gave it to chris chris gives a thumbs up david gave it a thumbs up so um there's gonna be a lot more information on it but just pretty like i said i i think it's pretty cool it just gives you the right information and then each thing will have a tool have a little description on it so that is a work in progress but gentlemen how are you guys doing on this last day of july
1: all good here. Nice weekend. Went and saw a movie out uh, by uh, about the by the pool for most of the afternoon. So can't nice. complain about that.
0: David, how was your weekend?
2: Oh, weekend was good. Um, I could hardly watch the Tigers game because I don't have um what Peacock or uh, Apple TV Plus. So that was a bit of a bummer. But other than that, yeah, I spent most of the weekend with the girlfriend, and um, yeah, had a, had a fun time.
0: Good stuff. Yeah, and there's. Over here, I spent a lot of time working on various web uh, projects, including the one I just mentioned before and working on finally finishing up the Ala Al project that I've been working on for a couple days now. And yeah, it's been a good weekend, but it was been a good weekend. Who's had a good weekend is the Tiger minor league system because we got to see Lakeland. We got to see all four of the big teams on television, uh, which is the unfortunate thing about Lakeland though. This is the last time they'll be on TV for the rest of 2022 season and it's unfortunate because there's some really good highlights. We'll get to in a second. Christian Santana has been coming on as of late. Manuel Sequera, And we got some good pitching performances as well out of the bullpen. And we'll start with Toledo, which has a couple of familiar names. A lot has changed actually in the last few weeks in Toledo. Toledo got some pitching and they got in the form of some veterans. and uh, One being... Daniel Norris. Daniel Norris is back in the organization. He was signed to a minor league deal. And Chichi Gonzalez, who has pitched with the Rockies, who's pitched for the Twins. I think the Rangers, maybe? I can't remember the other team. I feel like I'm missing a team. He's there. And the Tigers needed some minor league depth signing. So, David, I'll start with you in terms of uh, Daniel Norris. How stoked are you to see him back in the organization?
2: Yeah. I mean, I was pretty stoked. I mean, um, this is... Uh... The, the first thing that came to mind with this is um you always look at moments like this to think like, oh, we, we won the trade for him. Because like, I don't know if you guys remember like um circa, circa 2016 when the Cubs traded for Chapman. And yeah, they they the Cubs traded away Torres for Chapman. But then the next year, Chapman just went back to the Yankees. So the Cubs essentially just lost everything. And we're like, today I'm sitting here like, yes, we officially fleeced the Brewers.
1: Well, the Cubs, the Cubs did get the World Series, although uh, I don't know how much Chapman really helped there at the end. But yeah, the, for Tigers fans, it's kind of like uh, way back, back in the day they traded Ramon Santiago to Seattle for Carlos Guillen, and then I think within the next two years Santiago was back with the Tigers. So also, yeah. Um, I,
2: oh, sorry, I was gonna say also Omar Infante as well. This similar story, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean they ended up they they had to trade some stuff away to get him back because they traded. Did they trade Infante originally to the Cubs for like Jack Jones?
2: I want to say it was. I thought it was the Braves originally.
1: He ended up on the Braves. I thought they traded him to the Cubs, but um, and then eventually was you know on the Marlins and came back in the Justin Turner trade. Justin Turner, Jacob Turner trade. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's. Uh, I don't know. It didn't work out great for the Brewers, and then he signed with the Cubs, and he was not pitching well for them. And, and uh, I'm not expecting much from Daniel Norris. I've never. I expected a lot from Daniel Norris when they first acquired him back in 2016. It was it 2015? And uh, one of these days we'll go back and find the tape of Rahelio saying he thinks uh, Matthew Boyd will be better. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, Daniel Norris—he's been through a lot. And I think they—they they said they're going to work him as a starter, right? You know, try. I that. believe so. Yeah. So, hey, anyway, what the hell? You know, they need somebody to eat innings. Things have gone completely off the rails this year, as usual. So, Daniel Norris back for his second tour of duty with the Tigers.
0: Yeah, and what's interesting was Friday. Brian Garcia started. Was it Thursday? Was it? it was Friday's game. Came out throwing ninety six, had a slider, and they've been stretching him out as a slider down in Toledo. S- slider, stretch him out as a starter in Toledo, and. That's how bad the Tigers' injuries have been. And we were going to see Matt Manning, by the way, who pitched the rehab start five and two thirds innings, six strikeouts and two walks. He'll be pitching Tuesday in that game against the Twins. So it looks like Matt Manning's back in the rotation. Thankfully, there's no more. Hopefully, there's no more surgeries or anything of that nature. Bo Brisky pitched to rehab today three innings, five hits, two runs, two walks, a pair of strikeouts, and a lot of home run. And Brisky was throwing 95, 96, which is good to see. And he was able to generate some swings and misses, but yeah, in terms of the rotation right now, across both levels, we'll get to Erie in a little while. Erie's been the most stable one. Toledo has been just a giant, uh, a, just a a cupid shuffle of I, maybe. <laughs> that's a bad analogy, but um, yeah, whatever, it works. So, uh, but yeah, the Toledo and the Pirates affiliate, the Indianapolis Indians tied the series at three, three, both scored the same amount of runs, 26, 26 runs. And as far as the offense goes, well, Spencer Herkelson, who's been struggling in Toledo since it got sent down extra facts, had a home run in game three, had a double and a two game in game five, which was good to see. And Chris, I don't know. I'll get to you, David, too, in a second with this question, but the Spencer Turkelson going on in Toledo for self-confidence tour, do you believe in that? Or it was just kind of, him
1: off. I, 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 the dog? That's Charlie, yeah. He's, he own. knows it's, it's podcast time, so. <laughs> hey. Charlie cracks me up. All right, here. Here's the culprit. It's a, <laughs> it's a monkey. He's he's obsessed with birds. Uh, you know, I thought I thought that they said they had a plan, basically, for 12%, which I assumed was like, hey, we're going to work with him on a swing. Something's not working, and Absolutely nothing has changed in this swing so far. So I don't know. Maybe something has. I haven't seen anything change. Uh, so, yeah, I haven't. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if they're just going to let him keep failing with his current swing. The swing that he's had all his life could you know, always work for him. I, I imagine how that would be hard to deal with. But suddenly it's not working anymore. But they, I think they're going to have to make a change at some point or else it's not going to work at all.
2: And yeah, I mean that's the thing. It's like you uh, uh, you mentioned that, Chris. It's like you look at all the the swings that Torkelson's been taking in when he the ones he was taking in the big leagues and the ones that he's taking up in Toledo right now, it's like you you even mentioned it. I remember you mentioned it uh, many, many, many podcasts ago that like you, you you were saying um like he really doesn't adjust on any pitches with his swing. It looks like it's just the carbon copy the same the same follow through every time. And that's the one thing I even noticed in watching some of his video in Toledo. It's like you can easily you can easily saw him off pretty good with pitches inside. It's like he has such like a beefy, like he just hacks at the ball type of swing where like he'll hit the ball 500 feet if it's on the outside. But like I'm surprised he doesn't have like a ton of broken bats at this point. But yeah, that's like as soon as he can learn to like pull his hands in a lot better, then yeah, that could... That could be something as well. But in, in my opinion, with it, it's like, yeah, a mental reset because, like, I'm sure, you guys remember on opening day, he was like, you know, there was like the glove handing over of the glove in spring training with Miggy and, you know, getting to start opening day with the Tigers and watching it all come crashing down. And then, yeah, it could also be a self confidence thing. But I feel like it's a mixture of adjusting mechanics and a mental reset.
0: Yeah, and the the thing is is that the, the mental reset, like I, I thought, based off what I saw in Toronto, because he bailed out Javi Baez throughout the season, you could tell it was kind of missed, although I think Cody Clemens did a really good job playing first, and so did Harold Castro, but you could tell defensively where his presence was missed for the Tigers. Gary Carpenter, by the way, with the home run game one, he had a double in game uh, game five of the six-game series, and Again, uh, another guy who's been coming on uh, lately is Derek Hill, who continues to. Again, I think Derek Hill, ultimately, I'm not sure if he'll get another shot in Detroit, but I think there is enough out there, there to be a fourth outfielder type person type there. And whether Detroit gets him a shot or not, we'll we shall see. But him and Jamie Westbrook both have been hitting pretty well for the Mud Hens, and Daz Cameron too. I know Daz Cameron had a a pretty decent week as well but overall the, the outfield situation right now has been so been brutal um let's be clear because since Akil Badu's been up he's two for 26 or something to that effect and Robbie Grossman had an error today but again this could be the last I mean in terms of platoon wise he's not hitting well against right handers he's better against lefties and there's no really relief in I mean at some point the question is, when do you bring Kerry Carpenter up? Because at this point, he's walking better, he's been hitting, he's been showing more patience at the plate, and you're 19 games under 500. When do you give him a shot? Uh, David, do you think his time is coming soon?
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like, like like you mentioned, Raj. It's like in a in a system where the fans are desperate to just hear some shred of good news, like we'll take anything. It's like Yeah, I do. I absolutely do. I I do think his time is coming. It's like, I I said it myself. It's like, we called him up to AAA. I wasn't the biggest fan of it. It's like, he still had a lot to prove. Like, we all knew the strikeout numbers were a little bit concerning, but like, clearly he's put some work in. He's put quite a bit of work in to be a better player. But yeah, I mean, as of right now, I don't know. I don't know if September call ups are still a thing with the expanded rosters, but like, yeah, it's like I could definitely see him getting a shot with like a S- September call-up type of deal, but um, yeah, I'm mean, I'm kind of in like the middle between don't rock the boat and yeah, I can definitely see him as a September call-up because like w- imagine if we would call him up tomorrow after having like a quite quite a substantial hot streak with Toledo and then he comes up to the Tigers and just flatlines, it's like that would that that'd be rough for his self-confidence as well, so. Like I said, I'm in, I'm right in the middle of giving a sh- shot in September and don't rock the boat just yet.
1: Um, yeah, I, I can't, I'm at the point where like you know who the hell cares about the boat? <laughs> like the boat's <laughs> been sunk since, <laughs> since like May, so yeah, it's almost like I get it. Like there's not really room for him, but it in part of you wants to just say like yeah, get up, send these guys all up, let them hit, and whoever does gets the job. But there's only so many bats to go around. And, uh, you know, not gonna, if they can get rid of Grossman, uh, whether they, you know, trade them for, for cash or just cut them, that'll open up one spot. But yeah, like, you know, Derek Hill's been hot. daz Cameron. They've all come up at some point. You, you might just want to see this kid, see what he can do. And, uh, I mean, it was kind of funny. One of the, uh, what was the game? I think it was Thursday. It was like a weird, this weird baseball karma thing. The mud hens were up and, uh, somebody on the, the Indianapolis team hits a fly ball to left field, just a can of corn, but Carpenter loses it in the sky. He doesn't know where it is. It lands behind him. And I think that scored both of the – put them up by two runs. And then in the ninth inning, two outs. Torrelson I think, walked. Two outs. Gary Carpenter hits a can of corn to Indianapolis's left fielder, and he can't get to it. It's Travis Swaggart. He runs and, and drops it. And so it's like the exact same thing happens there. And then uh, – and that's when uh, Brendan Davis had the two-run walk-off. So yes, the boat is a boat is sinking.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, Mitch Mitch and YouTube agree um, there.
2: I want to preface that the, the boat as a metaphor in my spiel that I just gave was Carrie Carpenter's mental state as a baseball player, not the, not the Tigers as an organization.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I always wonder about that. Like how much of it, I don't think anybody's going to be too, like, frustrated if they come up to the big leagues and, and struggle a little bit. But uh, you may be right. Like, if he comes up and doesn't do anything for like six weeks, it might bother him. But I, I would think that would only benefit the Tigers to, to find out now, and then you know, bring him to spring training next year. You probably have, they'll probably have to add him to the forty man anyway. So bring him up now, bring him to spring training, see if he can win a job. If not, you got some depth in AAA.
0: Yeah, it's uh you know, I, I found a perfect metaphor to put in perspective. I, I I honestly I think this is perfect for the Tiger season because I, I think uh good evening, Chris, by the way, in our YouTube chat there. This is the way that we see the season right now. Oh, the cardboard boat. The cardboard boat. <laughs> Not much foundation there. And it's <laughs> just done. That's so that Mickey Mouse here? what's going on there? I have no idea. There's somebody, there's commentary. Somebody that's keeps great. saying, Oh no. So, yeah. yeah. I, I had to do it. I I couldn't help myself. You have, of
2: people, you have all the yeah. people in the ship that you need. All that matters is what the ship's made out of.
1: Yeah. <sighs> you, need to, you need to have some clock there and the, the seams are off. That thing's going down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I had, a, I had a buddy who built a boat like spent a whole summer we had a man-made pond in our neighborhood he spent a whole summer building a boat he finally put it out there and the thing sank in like five minutes Oof. Was like, yeah, well, that's a tough break for you <laughs> yeah. you need to get the tugboat out there
0: man I, I've always we'll, I don't get too sidetracked but I, I can have a, a premise of for example having the what is the guy the this flexit seal guy who built a boat? Yeah, Any yeah. I want to do it just to see if it's possible because the guy is so he's so sure about it. He's like this smile and he's just like put it on there and like is just it,
1: yes, it it like a fan boat.
0: Yeah, like he yeah, splits a boat in half them. and then he puts the rest oh. of it in flex seal.
1: You yeah, I go tried go. using Flex Seal on my gutter and it didn't work. So I'm not really maybe that's operator error, but I'm, I'm not trusting that thing to <laughs> float a I mean, boat across the Gulf of Mexico or whatever.
2: Yeah. That's, to be yeah. fair, is, sorry to cut you guys off, but to be fair, his, his boat was built out of a screen door. And
1: yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah.
2: yeah. So it, it ran just fine. It's mm-hmm. a trooper. So. so we move to
0: we move on to Erie and the SeaWolves have been on a tear. They won the series against Reading. They got the winning streak stra- snapped today. But they've been everything's been clicking for them all in terms of offense and pitching except for one pitcher we'll get to in a second. But Austin Bergner, that, you can find that's his start on our YouTube page. So if you go to the Tiger Minor League Recaps, we have that start from yesterday. Did really well. He pitched in terms, five innings, one run, seven strikeouts, and one home run allowed. Chance Kirby. Again, th- we have mal referenced Chance Kirby more than we ever have in the history of this podcast or the history of us doing the Tiger Minor Report. Five innings, two runs, one earned, a couple strikeouts, and the Wilmer Flores. Chris, I know you were talking about him. It looked a little fatigued this week. Three innings, uh, one run, one strikeout, and a walk, and it could be just a matter of fatigue at this point, right? Because this is the most. I think this is the most innings he's pitched. Correct?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think he threw about sixty last year, maybe fewer than that. I don't know the exact number, but yeah, he just he's not looking. He's not nearly as electric looking as he was early in the year. The fastball doesn't seem to have that hop on it. The breaking balls aren't as sharp. He just looks like a guy who's a little bit tired. And what you kind of hope for is that he gets that second win down the stretch. But, uh, and, you know, even, it's interesting, though, because his tired doesn't necessarily result in a lot of bad numbers. He's, he's been getting hit hard, but it's mostly been staying in the park, and his, his defense has been helping him out. But I don't think... I think his ERA is still fine. It's just he, he doesn't look like the same pitcher he looked like in, in May. But that's all part of the process, right? That's why they've been kind of slow playing these guys is to get them the innings built up and get used to pitching every five, six days. And they don't really – are they'll, they'll worry about the amount of innings every five, six days later. They just want them to get used to pitching on a regular schedule. So. I don't know, we'll see. We'll see what he does uh, in in August, and I don't know. I don't know how many games they have in September. Maybe one series.
0: I mean, I think like maybe two series. I think they play till the twelfth. I think I want to say something like that. Oh, right.
1: so, yeah, we'll see what he does over the remaining what six, five, six starts.
0: Yeah, and again, for I'm not really worried about. He's had a good season. I mean, he went to the him and Dylan Dingler went to the All Star. Future's All Star Game, and we'll get to Dingler in a second because I think he's been reborn, rejuvenalized a little bit from that whole experience. And the as far as the another pitching performance goes, and I'm glad you mentioned this, David, in the outline because he is he's a guy who's infuriating sometimes, and that would be Gerson Moreno. He will look really good, and then he'll walk a bunch of guys, and so it's like the consistency's not there. And I think he has. He's been in the system now for, I think, almost a decade, I think. I'm not kidding. Like, he's been around just as long as Gregory Soto has been. And it's either sink or swim. But Reno is a frustrating pitcher to
1: watch. He's got he's got a big league arm. It's like a 95, 96-mile-an-hour fastball. Every now and then he'll snap off a good breaking ball. But just no consistency. It's, it's a real bummer. Yeah.
2: Didn't. Ger- 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 Reno, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't him or another pitching prospect we have they got busted for something, didn't he? It was a it was a, lo- it was a while ago, but it, it,
1: I feel like Ger- he got Ger- 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 Reno for throwing a baseball. He was there was a bench clearing brawl, and he threw a baseball at somebody, like oh. on the field during the fight. But yeah, that was that would have been like 2016.
0: Wasn't that West Michigan too?
1: Yeah. Was fishing, right? he was on the same West Michigan pitching staff at the very end of the season up there with, with Joe Jimenez. That's how long ago he was down there, and uh, and he was on the forty man at one point, but then got hurt. It was one of those Franklin Perez situations where they had to cut him to get him off the forty man, and then they resigned him. But yeah, it's it's same arm basically. He's always had same command issues. And There's another there's a kid down in, in Lakeland that I didn't really know anything about, so I watched him pitch, and he's probably gonna. I don't know if he will even make it to double A, but it's, it's just a fascinating arm, so we can talk about him in a little bit. Who's that dude? Exactly.
0: <laughs> oh, man. But uh, Dylan Dingler has had quite a week, and we've known for his defensive prowess, the bat people, again, it's been kind of a... The bat's been hit and miss, but for the month of July, I would say probably since the... I would say since probably the 14th, this is Dylan's numbers... He has batting 280 with three home runs. And he's driven in he's driven in four, but it's all because it's either uh Myers is clearing the bases or not. So he's where he at it definitely is where he's in, in the order. But this weekend alone, he the series against Reading, he had two of his three home runs. So if we wanna if we wanna get it more specific, so against Reading this week, he batted 389 with three home runs. And he was just in terms of double. He had a he had a double. He went seven for twenty one in the series. And it, Redding's got some decent prospects. It's not like a it's not like uh Binghamton or anything like that. But uh, either way, it was good to see, especially with the guy coming down in West Michigan, Josh Crouch, who kind of breathing down his neck a little bit. I'm not gonna lie, David. What'd you? Did you get your impre- what what's your impressions of Dil- uh, Dylan Dingler this week?
2: Yeah, um it's always nice. It's always nice to see when, when it clicks with a hitter. And like, you know, we've been we've been talking about it all season so far that like Dylan Dingler's been such a patchy hitter. It's like we always knew he had the athleticism yeah. to um to figure it out. And it was just a matter of putting it together. It's like and I always touched on like it's it's always a rough road for catchers, especially. Um developing developing your offensive tool because generally coaches just want you to like be sure to get down and block the ball or work on your hand glove to hand drills and such it's like depending on the catcher offense is usually i'm not going to say put on the back burner per se but it's like um defense is kind of up there with offense but it's nice to see that like he's starting to get into a groove now and it's like i think it was like game i want to say it was like game six like two or six he'd he went hitless. Right, I don't. I don't think he had a hit in one of the games in the series. But like, it was, it was nice to see him bounce back from that and put up solid numbers this week. It it was.
0: Well, you Chris, anything you noticed about Dingler?
2: Yeah, he, it, it's uh, it's definitely
1: nice to see because what happened last year, it felt like he was a guy who just got incredibly tired and worn down in the second half of the season. And this, you know, seeing him as a catcher out there. You know, most every day, uh, having the best month of the season. I think it's a, an OPS over 900 in July. With uh, He's cut down his strikeout rate a little bit. He's always going to strike out probably like 25%. Uh, but if he can keep it under 30%, which is where it was for most of the year, he's on to something, and he's walking more. The walk rate's almost up to 10%. He's hit it for power. Uh, that's going to work. If you, if you can do that. Hit for power, walk 10%. Even if you're hitting 230, 220, that'll work in the big leagues if you're a plus defensive catcher, which he has a chance to be. I'm, I'm sure the finer points of that still need to be worked on, but the athleticism is there. And I think, for the most part, I think he calls a good game too. Like, you know, the, the kind of the hardest stuff to learn in, in about catching, dealing with pitchers, knowing how to set up hitters. I think he does a good job with that. So, yeah, I mean, he, he's a guy who could be in for a promotion. Yeah,
0: the, the Darko did talk about him possibly getting up to Toledo at some point, too. And it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. Right now, we have – what were you going to say, Chris? Oh,
1: oh, it's here. just – it's you know, it's always – like like we said with Kerry Carpenter, we kept staying in the first half, right, like we, we thought they were keeping Carpenter and Erie because they were trying to make a playoff run. And so we may see that again. I think Erie right now is a game out of first place, something like that, uh, in the second half. So you never know if they, they try to keep things together. But it also, you know, the entire roster could fall apart based on injuries and promotions. So they might just uh, boot him boot to Toledo, as it were. But he wouldn't shock me if they try to keep that the team together in some capacity and make another run at the playoffs. Yeah, there's... Um, oh,
2: go ahead, David. No, yeah, sorry. Um, The, the one thing I'm going to say, and my, my opinion on it, as I'm, as I'm going to say that, Dingler... I think Dangler would be really good just staying in Double A the rest of the year because, like, it's in my opinion, the the one thing about catchers is like they already they spent the preseason pretty much learning all your pitchers, right? You have to learn their pitch repertoire. You have to you have to know everything about all the staff, and especially if you have guys coming up from lower levels, it's like it, it would. I think it'd be pretty tough for Dylan mentally as well. It's like going to Triple A, you're, like. Oh my god, all of a sudden I have to learn 12, 13 new pitchers. It's like their tendencies and where they like in the zone and stuff like that. But like, yeah, it's like he he seems like a pretty intellectual guy. It's like I like how he handles the pitching staff. Um he has he has really good hands, especially as a catcher. It's like watching him watching the burner start. You watch that like he's pulling a lot of balls back in the zone. It's like he knows these pitchers pretty well and he has like you could tell that he has pretty soft hands working with some of these starters. It's like, you like to see that out of a catcher. It's like, I think it's, again, I'm going to say best not to rock the boat, especially with a catcher calling him calling him up mid-season because you just don't want to put that strain on him.
0: Not to mention, too, Erie was really close in the first half of the season to get to the playoffs, and Erie hasn't been there in quite some time. So I think Seawolves fans would appreciate if he stuck around. And for development purposes, too, you have to, <laughs> it, for the pitching, for what you mentioned, David and Chris, both that, he knows how to call a game and the pitchers have a good rapport with him, So they don't really want that kind of familiarity to stick with you. And instead of calling up somebody that it may not happen, but Reese Olson, by the way, though, who's been pretty good all season, but in July, he's ran into some issues. Another bad start today. He pitched, he pitched two games this week. He's got a 702 ERA in the month of July. And a lot of the fans who it was funny, a lot of the fans wanted them to call up, call them up, call them up, call them up. Nah, not so much. They're, they're pretty quiet right now. Three, two thirds innings, three runs, two strikeouts and two walks. He allowed seven hits. And I'm not sure whether it's fatigue or whatever the case is. It could be a couple things, but David, I'll start with you. If there's anything that you can add your <laughs> insight on about that.
2: Yeah, I have a theory because Watching, watching some of Olsen's videos with some of the starts that he had this year, there was some, the the one thing I really noticed, it's like, of course I noticed it in his other starts earlier in the year, but like, you know, he was doing good earlier in the year, so uh, I didn't really have any reason to think any otherwise, but like, you watch him in the wind up in the stretch, and it's like, it looks like his, it it looks like his plant foot when he's coming off the mound, it looks like it's only like three feet in front of his launch foot. It's like, I honestly don't think like mechanics wise that he's util- utilizing like his whole frame when he's throwing. Cause like, yeah, it's like when you're, when you're, when you're plant foot, when it's like right there, like right where, when if you can draw a line between your plant foot and your head, it's like, you're not getting any power. It doesn't really matter how much power you have in your hips. It's like, that's, that's just the theory I have. It's like, he just, it, sure. Some of his starts like his breaking balls are there. Sometimes his fastballs are there, but yeah, it's like, Honestly, it could just be a lower body
1: thing. Chris, what about you? Yeah, you know, it's kind of fascinating because, like, all his other numbers look good, right? The strikeouts are good. The walks are relatively low. He's just given up a ton of hits and a ton of home runs lately. It feels almost like a, you know, like a Matthew Boyd situation. And I do think it, it is largely uh, he is not commanding the ball at all. Uh, he's still throwing enough strikes in general that he can get these strikeouts, but you see him... I mean, they've been doing low pitch count, low inning counts on guys all year, but he just racks up these kind of, you know, super high pitch counts because it's always... You know, the ball's always around the edge of the strike zone, but never quite where he needs it to be, and then when it is in the zone, it gets smacked. So, it, I don't know, it, and I've always been concerned about his mechanics. Uh, a little bit like... Uh, I, I never focused so much on the, the legs like David did, but just, it was always kind of, you know, I used to call it like a trebuchet delivery. Like it was just like forcefully dropping his front side. So his other side would, would come back over. Um, and yeah, I just I don't scary. know if he can, can can ever will ever be able to consistently command the ball with those mechanics for at yeah. least for multiple innings. Yeah.
0: And I notice here that with his, I think it's something to do with the fact that in his release point, just seems like it's kind of the head whack uh, could be the case here. I still don't there's a significant difference, but I I think it has a lot to do with, with his delivery within what David said about his legs is absolutely it's a good observation, but I think just maybe perhaps he's opening up at the end a little bit too early. I don't know. I'm, I'm like I said, I'm amateur hour over here with that when it comes to that stuff, but I'm learning all the time. Four
1: four above average pitches. Uh, I think that the changeup and slider, even plus pitches at times, uh, there's a lot to work with there. It's just, yeah, it's not, it's, it's to me, it's like a, a classic example of control over command. Well, that wasn't very good control right there. <laughs> but, uh, Ironically enough. But yeah, so that, that right there was uh, right in the happy zone, fastball up and in, but anyway. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah, either I, way. I hope they can get that turned around.
0: So we're gonna before we get to West Michigan and Lakeland, and then we'll get to Summer Ball. I wanted to do something a little different because uh, we haven't had a chance to do this, and I wanted to get everybody uh, bored with this. And so we're gonna do a little bit. We're gonna play a. I think we're gonna. I don't know if this is a game or what we're gonna call this, but um, we're going to predict where are the Tigers' draft picks will end up landing. So uh, let's see if I can find them. In, music here if i have some game show theme music maybe i don't uh oh yeah i do i do it's uh yeah, make- oh. yeah that way that way i don't get in uh trouble all right so we have the i have the sheet made up i even have the people slot value signed up as well anybody who's participating or in the youtube chat want to participate on where they think they're gonna go let me know and i will put your guess here so let me what david's guess is here. here oops there we go well all right david So we'll start, right, we'll start with Chase Young, first pick for the Tigers. Dave, you got the honors to go first. What do you think he ends up at?
2: Um, are we doing starting the year or finishing the year? To start the year. Start the year? Um, yeah, I, I know um, when we were doing our draft show with uh, World Sports, you, you guys put this idea in my head, but honestly, I'm going to concur with it. I'm going to say, Even if it's just for like a couple weeks, just to like see what he's got, I'm gonna say Lakeland. But like, I like you mentioned, I I could see him certainly with like the play discipline that Jung showed a little bit from what I from what I noticed. It's like I know it looks a little bit shaky in some games, but at the end of the day, I could also see him in West Michigan the end of the year.
0: Okay. So wait, wait. So where do he's so Lakeland to start Lakeland to start his assignment, right? Yes. Okay. All right, Chris.
1: Yeah, I think, um, and we we talked about this before, I I feel like they won't want to move the infield in Lakeland around too much, you know, Sakara, Pacheco, Santana. So I do think he will eventually get up to West Michigan, and and where where he starts is just, to me, it's a formality if it's in the complex league just to get a couple at-bats, or if it's in Lakeland. I think he will spend most of his season in West Michigan. So you say West Michigan he'll start? I think so. Well, I think he'll end up there and and spend most of his season there.
0: Okay. West Michigan. All right. I also will go with West Michigan because of his advanced hitting skill set. And there's people reporting in the complex league right now as it stands. We saw pictures of Terry Newmar out there taking pictures and a lot of the draft picks that everyone has signed except
1: for the 20th round one, correct, Chris? As far as I know, yeah, no no sign of Drew Conover yet for some reason. Right, so he might
0: be going back to school with that case. And maybe, so, you know, he,
1: he transferred from Seton Hall to Rutgers, um, and he's been pitching pretty well in the Cape Cod League. So looks like, yeah, the, the West Michigan season goes through Sunday, September 11th. So we're looking at about six weeks left of the season.
0: Yeah, they may even – this is what sucks about – this is the unfortunate part of having the draft in July – they don't have yeah. much of a season to work with, which is why people want to bring it back to June because this is a really busy time of the year. Hopefully they do bring it back to June. I think it makes more sense to have it in June versus July. It's, it's, I don't think it's stupid. All right, so we go to Peyton Graham. Chris, I'll let you lead off on that one.
1: I think Graham, I think they could find him in West Michigan, but I think uh, there's a little bit more concern about his hit tool, I think. So I, it wouldn't jock me if he's just kind of in the complex league. Uh, going back and forth between the complex league and, and the flying tigers, so I'll I'll go with yeah uh, you know, we'll go with the complex league and and he'll end in Lakeland.
2: Okay. Uh, David, dang the 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 one time I thought I was going to sound smart talking about tigers prospects is I was uh, I was having the same thing Chris was saying is like I know watching watching the video on him a little bit because it looks like. In my opinion, looked at, looked like strikeouts and swinging and misses were a little bit concerned, especially on breaking balls from righties. That's what I noticed. So used like, it looked like he had a bit of a big swing, especially in, like outside outside breaking balls from right from right handed pitching. So honestly, it's like I could I could stick him in the FCL just to like see what he's got, just see if he can prove himself. Because like, correct me if I'm wrong, but like they were they were saying he was supposed to be a first round talent a couple years ago, right? like he had it but, in him, but just the hit tool wasn't
1: there yeah I mean he's always been uh, um a, a very uh you know, up kid it's just yeah the, the question like you, you know that like can he see and and hit breaking balls consistently and uh, yeah. yeah I mean it'll be that'll be the question in pro ball
0: yeah. I so you're gonna say complex then, right yeah so essentially okay yeah. all right that is a good. I'll also go with complex because, I, again, I think there's the pitchers. I think we're going to only go up to the 10th round, I think, because after that, I think everybody's going to go complex, but we'll, we'll go up to the uh, complex. And so, Christopher in the YouTube chat says he thinks Lakeland for that. So, Lakeland. All right. I'll go with, uh, I'll put Lakeland down for that. Uh, so, next up. The right-handed pitcher out of San Diego State, Freddie Melton, where – okay, uh, David, I'll let you go up with this one. Where, where do you think he ends up going first?
2: You know, honestly, it's like um, watching watching a little bit of video on him, it's like strike throwing looks looked like a little bit of an issue. It's like a lot of the a lot of the breaking balls I saw, it's like, of course, you can – the idea is to put a breaking ball outside the zone, but some – Of course, and the other thing was uh, a lot of the video I saw was from the um, was like from the stands behind the plate, so it's not you can't really get a good perception of that. But like, um, yeah, I honestly I'm gonna since he's a college guy, I'm gonna go West Michigan just for the giggles. All right, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be bold with that one. But yeah, it's like mechanics look steady. It's like out of out of the stretch, it it looked a little bit like you can use some development. But yeah, the. McCannis looks okay, especially since he's a college guy. I would say West Michigan just to get a look.
1: Okay. Chris? I, I don't think he pitches this year. I, um, it's He didn't throw a ton of innings this year, 65. But as far as I know, he hasn't been in any summer leagues. I didn't really check that. But it, the, his last outing was May 20th. So I don't think they'll ramp him up just for like a handful of outings. I think he'll probably be done. They'll, they'll send him the instructs or whatever and, and then he'll be back and they'll work on him, you know, in mini camps or whatever they do next spring training.
0: Okay. I will go with he will see maybe maybe taste a complex league action. So I'll go I'll go complex. I'm gonna stick with complex on that one. Maybe Lakeland, but he ends up maybe pitching the last couple weeks in Lakeland, perhaps, but now, I just think he goes in the complex league just to see what they have all about.
2: So, other thing is, um, sorry, sorry to cut you off, Raj, but, um, yeah, one other thing I noticed is, um, I know we don't see it very often, but, like, I, from what I've seen, San Diego State with their pitchers, they develop them pretty hard, though. That's what I've noticed.
0: Oh, according to Michael yeah. Mayer, he said there's an article to you about that. So,
1: hmm. yeah, I missed it. Uh oh.
0: Pleasing and Michael, if you have a article, if you have a link to that, it'd be fantastic. But yeah, if that's the case, yeah, I'm going to stick with, I'm still sticking with the Complex League. If he Maybe he'll start, maybe he'll get a chance in Lakeland, but we shall see. But I, David, I like your pick, though. Honestly, that's that's good, because they do need relief pitching there. Next up is fifth-round draft pick Luke Gold out of Boston College. Chris, you're up net now. Yeah, uh,
1: he's a guy that I thought See, I thought gold young and Graham could all go to West Michigan I think they're all advanced enough to to make it happen but I'm gonna stick with Lakeland here I think they'll probably just play it safe have him close to the complex have him work on what they want to do he's a relatively advanced hitter I think it's just kind of kind of rocked up like it's it's like a weird muscular uh second baseman so it, it's like there's not a whole lot of flexibility there but uh but he can he can hit so I think He'll be probably be in Lakeland, and there's a chance he could hit his way to West Michigan.
0: Okay. So Lakeland, David.
2: Yeah, I mean, um, watching watching him field some some of his fielding highlights, it was um, a I don't know. It's he was essentially I'm going to say he was just an adequate fielder for the college circuit. And so mm. it, it, he looked a little bit clunky at third base. It's like honestly, I could see him. I could see him as a second baseman more than anything, because like you know, you saw it with um uh, I can't remember this MLB shortstop's name. It was like Cliff Pennington, I want to say it was. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, it's like he was supposed to be a shortstop, but, like, you know, yeah. it. I think the arm was a little bit erratic, so they slid him to second. It's like he was essentially, like, a, a sh- second baseman with a shortstop's arm. So, like, that could, that could play sometimes, and, like, maybe a slide over to second could be good for gold. So, but at the end of the day, my pick is going to be SEL. Just, you know get get some development on defense. It's like he'll be he'll be in the complex. You know, you'll have the you'll you'll have the virtue and tools of the coaches down there. It's like it's the essentially the HQ for the Tigers that isn't Detroit. So yeah, it's it's just gonna be good to see what he's got.
0: All right. I will go so you said you said Lakeland, right, essentially.
1: I said SL
0: uh oh, no, okay, sorry. I was Read the article that uh, Michael sent over the link on, and got sidetracked for a moment. So my apologies on that. Uh, for me, this is going to be. I think I'm gonna. I'm gonna stick with. Oh well, Christopher says West Michigan. Yeah, all right. Uh, I like Christopher. He's also going big. Go go home with that. So he thinks cool. West Michigan. Oh, let's see. Here. West Michigan for him. I am going to go with. I'm going to go complex league only because you don't want to. I think Pacheco being at Lakeland right now, playing third, uh, and the rest of the infield, I think they want to keep that group together. So I'm going to stick with combat. I'm boring. Well, I'll, I'll change it up at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So next up is Danny Soretti, shortstop out of North Carolina. Oh, well, Michael Meyer says he's going to spend most of his time gold in West Michigan. All right. I like this. I like See, I like the interaction here. This is this is nice. So You know what, Michael, screw it. I will go with you.
2: I will go well, with Michael you in West Michigan. Michael's cheating though. He has a cheat cheat.
0: Michael's got gold fever. Well, Michael, <laughs> to be fair, I in the article and I don't think he mentioned anything about the uh, gold. Let me see here.
1: Scan reading, scan reading, scan reading. Yeah, so and... that was that was Michael's making the point that we were kind of making earlier where they I think as much as uh, we, we enjoy watching Carlos Mendoza and Corey Joyce and Jake Holton, I, I don't think there's any real and Jose King, I, I don't know if they are they're considered like priority prospects in the system. So I don't <laughs> think the Tigers would feel bad about displacing those guys to uh, to bring in some draft picks. But It is high A. It it, would probably be a little bit of a challenge for these guys. So, but even if they struggle, it's probably what it's it's where they begin next year. I would think so. Yeah, yeah. They struggle a little bit. Like here's a taste of what you have to come.
0: All right, speed round for the uh, the these last four because everybody else, like I said, the the rest of the draft picks we can we could be here all night for that. But let's do speed round real quick. Thanks already out of North Carolina, David.
2: Um. Yeah, you know, honestly, because stray's switch hitter, right? If my homework's correct. Yeah. yeah. I think he is, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, switch hitters, it usually takes them a little bit more. They they have to do twice as much as your normal hitter, essentially. So I'm not going to, as much as I'm, and, and the thing is, he's also a college guy. So I'm not going to say West Michigan, but I think he's a little bit too developed for the um, FCL. So I'm going to say Lakeland.
1: Okay. Chris, complex. I think they're running out of spaces for these guys.
0: All right, uh, yeah. I'm in a okay. So, complex. Right, complex. And you said Lakeland. Okay. I am going to go. I'll go back to complex. Stick it, safe here. By the way, Christopher, uh, in the chat, said he must be throwing darts. I'm throwing darts too. I mean, but also looking at to what extent Tiger history we do have. I mean, this is a different development squad.
1: So that's that's one thing that's a little bit hard. Is it's like we don't know what their philosophy is in general about these guys. They want them to even face apparently that they want them to get to some action, but they've been kind of slow with a lot of promotions this year.
0: I was gonna say, although I did get I did some intel I did get some intel about that and I really think that there is just a, a a matter. I think there's two schools of thought. There's the old school thought and the new school of thought with that. So, but that being said, we move on. Steph Stevenson out of Tennessee. Who I got the I got some finally got to watch some video on him and where he's going to end up at. Uh, Chris, what do you think he's going to go?
1: No, I think he'll be in Lakeland. There's okay. there's not a like you got Campos out there, De La Cruz and Benitez, but I don't think that they're going to. Those guys aren't gonna keep him from playing. All right. He could hit his way, he could hit his way to West Michigan.
2: David. But... He reminds me of Jake Robson. You know, um does, yeah. I, you know, I've seen that um North Carolina, that's a pretty heavy baseball school, right? They're they're easier yeah. Already,
1: they're, Yeah, but yeah, you know, Stevenson know, was uh, Tennessee. I know,
2: Tennessee. I mean, yeah, Tennessee as well. Excuse me for m- reading one line down. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, I know Tennessee is also, like, one of the bigger baseball schools, and I know they they also ride their guys pretty hard. So, uh, honestly, I'm going to say West Michigan. All right.
1: Yeah.
0: Like it, the bull? I am going to go – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with – I'm going to go with Lakeland on this, too, because the outfield situation right now, there's a lot of – I could use another outfielder out there, so I'm going to go with Lakeland on that. All right. Uh, Jake Miller left out of Valpo. Uh, David, where are you going to think you end up at
2: speed? round? Um, I mean, unfortunately my, uh, after Stevenson, my homework kind of stalled out. So I'm just going to just, just to spit it out there. I'm going to say, uh, the coast league. Okay. Books league.
1: Chris, what about you? I'm checking to see how many innings he threw this year. That is 61 plus 20 in the summer league. Um, I could see him going to Lakeland and pitching out of the bullpen, I guess. Like, you know, one, two innings at a time. So that's what I'll go with.
0: All right. Uh, I will stick with – I'm going to go – well, I think West Michigan's got – yeah, I'm going to stick with Lakeland on that because West Michigan Arena has a plethora of left-handers right now. So – and then we got two more left. Andrew Jenkins, first baseman out of Georgia Tech. Oh, I like Christopher's answer. then. he said complex league for that with Andrew uh, Miller,
1: Andrew Jenkins. Yeah, uh, I'll go. Yeah. That's that's uh, uh, Florida State league for me. The way they have Justice Bigby there, but they've been playing them all over.
2: All right, David. Yeah, I mean, he's a he's a college guy. It's like actually, um, never mind. Actually, I saw. I think I saw some draft radio of him on Twitter. It lo- looks like a pretty developed hitter. So like, I'll stick him in Lakeland, or uh-huh. maybe yeah. like maybe hit, hit his way hit his way to West Michigan.
1: Man, the one thing they keep saying about him is he's pretty athletic. He might be athletic enough to play other like third or even the outfield corner. So yeah, just a matter of where they need him.
0: All right, so Michael says Lakeland in the chat. Um I'm going to go Lakeland too, so this is unanimous first first one all night that we've been all an uh, agreement on Lakeland.
1: yeah, you're right they them Erie. The first, me they sent him straight to Erie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no Lakeland's first baseman or the first base situation in Lakeland has been kind of a hodgepodge mix and this is the so this is the one I think that we're all gonna have a dis, different opinion on for sure, and that is this is the last one of the night. Trevor Michael. Right-hander out of Oklahoma, who's pitched pretty—I think 71 innings or something, something to that effect. Uh, Chris, where are you, uh, you going to have him at?
1: I think that's another guy that I'm going to shut down. Okay. Um, It's—it'd be one thing if it was 70 innings and he was a starter. It's—it's it's 70 innings as a reliever. He made 32 appearances this year. Um, maybe he can throw some more, but I don't—I I generally think you don't want your relievers, even in pro ball, to throw more than like 60, 70 innings. So. Maybe he'll get a handful of, of one inning outings in Lakeland, but I think he, he might just shut down. David,
2: was he was he reliever? Or... Yes, he was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, the thing about relievers, especially in like college circuit, is and especially if you're an established reliever in the college circuit, is that you're going a lot. So you, you could be getting a lot of work, in in my opinion. So yeah, I'll say shut him down. Is like just don't burn him out.
0: I had to put it in the caps too, like shut it down.
2: <laughs> oh well, I, I,
0: you know what? I'm gonna be the odd duck in the room here. I think he sees uh, a few innings out of Lakeland, just a few, because he's an advanced college pitcher. I'm gonna, I'm sick with Lakeland. Oh, so, I was gonna, I was going to put West Michigan originally, but then I realized how many innings he's pitched. So, oh, so Christopher is in agreement. at Three out of four have said. Hey, oh, look at Mike. See, Mike Meyer was thinking the same thing I was. Like, okay. I was thinking West Michigan because of the. But then again, I thought about the innings factor. But I like it. I like it. I like boldness. I like that. Shut it down. Chris.
1: Christopher need to stick together. By the way.
0: <laughs> and see, Michael thinks West you, Michigan. All right.
2: You don't know. I think. You know. I'm going to say he'll throw. He'll he'll throw maybe four or five innings and. Uh, FCL.
0: Uh, I'm going to change my answer. Um, uh, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, Mike, and that was a reason why Michael, uh, in YouTube chat, he said he's almost 25. That's what I thought, too. That was my big reason why I thought of West Michigan. He'd be one of the oldest relievers there.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it, the only thing, like, you know, it's just, it, it, it's just the innings for me. I think uh, in terms of, if he were healthy and starting the season, I would think he'd start in West Michigan and probably pitch his way to Erie. I like June, but I just, I, I don't know if they want him to be a reliever. Then I don't think they're going to want pushes any much more than what they already have.
0: Okay. So we did the ten, first 10 picks because that's mm. the rest of them. Like I said, it can be that those are really, really toss ups. And quite frankly, we still have to go over West Michigan <laughs> and Lakeland and Lakeland was on TV. So we have a lot to work with, with Lakeland. So, but yeah, TV. thank you
1: for me. I just said they were on the TV.
0: They're on. they're on TV. And uh I mean and um at the same time it was good to see because we get we didn't even you know what we didn't go over the hitters in Erie, did we? No, we did not. Parker uh we did go over Dingler, but Andre Lipsius has a, has had a really good July. Want to mention him. Parker Meadows. Again, it's what in terms of figuring out double A, I think he's I think he's coming in his own this month. And that bodes well because the Tigers have to make a decision on him in Rule 5. And, and again, they're just, again, calling up the kids. Unfortunately, we can't talk too much about Winslow Perez because he's out with a back injury. He's been a back injury, a nagging one, and he's on the IL right now. But he's also been, man, yeah, it is a bummer that he's on the IL because he's been a fun watch. He's been growing as a hitter, and you love to see that. But as far as Parker Meadows goes, so in the month of July, he has batted 267 with two home runs, but he's got, in terms of like a w, in terms of walks, his walks are up. So he's got eight walks of just 11 strikeouts, which is a good a positive sign. Not too much of a differential with that. So that's always good to see. And on the season, I mean, in terms of even adjusting the double-A, you like to see that. And the other one, in terms of Andre Lisbeth, also <laughs> – the thing about Lipsius and Dave Myers is that they, Dave Myers, when he hits a home run, I mean, he, he gets a hold of it. It's just like a blast. And you want to, whether he's give me Orga or, or not, I don't know. But either way, uh, Andre Lipsius, who I, again, everybody knows my prospect love for him. He's had a pretty good July as well. So um, um, I don't know what you guys think about those guys, but uh, comment. So.
1: No, I mean, I've seen, it's it's been a nice core group there. I think, uh, you know, we don't mention Quincy Porti as a, a prospect, but I think he leads the Eastern League in RBIs, or at least he's close to it. And they've got, they've got some, a nice mix of, of kind of prospects making, you mentioned Win, Winsel Perez, he's been improving basically every month this year, putting himself back on the prospect map. Parker Meadows did the same thing. You know, he hit his way out of West Michigan really quickly and then struggled for a good three, four weeks, but, he hit 300 in June and I think he's uh, it's an OPS of 800 or so in July. So I mean, that that's a viable guy on your 40 man roster. If you can play center field and he can. So we've seen some progress there. And yeah, like Dane Myers is a nice or guy. Andrew Navigato is a really nice or guy. Who, who's super versatile. It's a, it's a well-constructed roster right now, at least uh, offensively speaking. So there's a reason that they're like a game out of first place, right? They, they play pretty well. Most, most times and, even, you know, Daniel Cabrera is showing some signs of life in his second trip back to uh Eastern League this year. And Gage Workman is is, you know, continues to be up and down, but when he's on, he's a, an impact player. So that uh that helps. You know, we saw what he's still like four or five bases this week.
0: Yeah, three he had three uh, uh Gage Workman had three stolen
1: bases yesterday in one game alone. And I think he stole another one today. But um so yeah, it's a. Uh, It's a nice, nice uh, offense there. Even uh, they'll miss Perez, I think, if he's uh, out for any extended amount of time. But they're doing okay.
0: Yeah, they have. uh, They have a uh, gentleman. Trying to think of the guy who they he's been playing for him right now. That was kind of a a veteran. uh, Carpio. No, not uh, Carpio. They just Michael De La
1: Cruz. Ah, yeah, yeah, the catcher, right?
0: Yeah, he's a catcher. Yeah. But I was just saying that one of the new names that's, that, that's come up there for the Seawolves. But, yeah, offensively speaking, Erie has been firing all cylinders. And so, but, yeah, there was a, and this was a good poll by you, David. Yeah, Winslow Perez with an OPS of over 1,000 with five doubles, two triples, three home runs, and nine walks to six strikeouts. Hey, that will do. That will do very well. So because period where he was last year at this point. So the we go to West Michigan, West Michigan tied the series with Dayton three, ga- three games apiece. And the pitching lineup lines for this week, we saw Joey Wentz pitch yesterday in rehab start two innings, one run, three strikeouts. And he was had his was trying to look, figure out his break ball a little bit. Uh, Brant Hurdler, who's been called. We haven't really talked about him. Recently on West Michigan, he's been doing... He pitched in relief yesterday, five innings. He allowed, I believe, seven hits, one run, eight strikeouts. But his numbers, he continues to rise up on the prospect board. He'll be pretty high on ours. We have ours all figured out. We just have to release it with the information. Aaron Haas from Lakeland made his debut yesterday. I think it was today, I believe. And Trevor, who's got some video for him, you, you can find that on Twitter. And... Ty Madden, five innings, no runs, four walks, and two strikeouts. At some point, he's going to have to be. I think. I think in the next couple of weeks, I said this. I said this earlier in the month. I was wrong, but because they haven't room for him, but they really want Madden at Double A. They just don't have the room for him right
1: now. Yeah, you always have to either send somebody down or release somebody, and you know you don't always have somebody you want to get rid of, right? So. He's just kind of biding his time there in, in West Michigan. I, I think, uh, you know, Herger just kind of pitches. Well, whenever they put him out there, it's kind of wild. And yeah, I thought it was, it was fun to just highlight Haas. Cause Haas had it, a nice, uh, three strikeout inning down in Lakeland earlier. And, and he's an interesting pitcher because it's like, he'll, he'll top out at 92 miles an hour, with this fastball. And he's five foot nine, like 190 pounds. He's kind of like a thick, but he's got a really nice breaking ball and he can, he can manipulate the speed and the shape of it. And, uh, I don't know how far he'll go with that breaking ball, but it's kind of fun to watch it
0: Dave, what's your thoughts about West Michigan for the week?
2: Yeah, I mean, um, I know I uh, I've been kinda of high on this dude since we got him, but I uh, I know that um he may not be the most looked on prospect in the system. But yeah, in terms of pitching, I really liked what I saw from Jack O'Laughlin and his start. So I I know I know it was a short one. And it's like I I'm, I'm sure it was just there might have been some sort of string attached to it. But yeah, it's like um, I know it wasn't wasn't really anything noteworthy to put in the outline, but like, yeah, it's it the Australian lefty. It's like I, I always I always liked what I saw from him, and yeah, it's like he's thrown strikes. Only only one walk in three innings. It's like I know it was only again I know it was only three innings, but still, it's just like it's it's nice to see a guy like that um putting some solid work together. Yeah, I'm a,
0: I'm a fan of his. I'm a fan of his too, and I think that that he's been able to kind of offer a different look than hurdler in, in terms of just uh, his delivery. And he's a guy that you could see maybe in the back end rotation or out of relief, but maybe as a chart relief goal, long relief. I, I don't, I'm not sure, but either way, I, I'm a, I know he's been here since he he's still what only under, is he still just like 21? Is that it?
1: I mean, I feel like he's still very young. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, know if he's twenty one, twenty two. I, I I think he was part of the same international class as Adenso Reyes and um was it de Cruz? Maybe I'm maybe it was a year before that, but yeah, he's not that old. He's just been so yeah, he's he, he he's twenty two now. Okay.
0: So one of the questions I want to ask you guys before we get to Lakeland and the complex league to end the podcast is Josh Crouch, who he got hit by a pitch. We were kind of – we are all Chris, – Chris was texting me. He was like, oh, man, I don't <laughs> – hope he's not out. And he came back, and I like uh, in the notes David put, hit by a pitch, comma, angry, and <laughs> shows what kind of a competitor he was. But, yeah, he had a double, a home run, three walks, and two strikeouts. Very good eye to play. Chris, go ahead and just give the give some crotch love.
1: You say crotch or crotch? Um cross post. Um no, yeah, we we talked about it many times, man. I just I, he, he got so who's he, today he was facing Chase Petty, who was uh I remember was first rounder with the twins last year. They traded him to Cincinnati for uh you know. I forgot. Oh it. yeah, but yeah, yeah. That's right, yeah, yeah. He was for pitcher. No. Yeah, great. Great. Yeah, that'll do it. Not hurt. Um and because he was a first rounder and he's got a huge arm. He was like, you know. Hitting 101 in high school, and he's got two quality secondary pitches. And uh, Crouch was not bothered by his fastball whatsoever. He uh, he hit, hit almost hit a home run to the opposite field. There was a sack fly. And his next at bat, he hit a double, pulled, yanked a double down the left field line. He's just got really quick short swing and enough power to make a short swing like that work. At least to hit for average game power. And he seems to recognize pitches well, and uh, he works counts. There's not a whole lot to, to complain about there. I, I And mean, I'd like to see it at higher levels just so I feel better about it. But I feel like he's at least an MLB backup. I mean, we've, we've been talking about him for a couple months now. Like there's like I said, the only thing you notice is he's pretty slow. But he's a catcher, and that's what happens, right? So, you know, he's going to hit into some double plays, and he's going to you know, get thrown out at first on infield dribblers. But other than that, I, I like a lot about his game.
0: David, what did you what stands out? You saw him at West Michigan. You were with us on a trip. David accompanied us a couple of weeks ago. What did you think of Crouch?
2: Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, definitely. I noticed like the, the hit tool is definitely there. It's like, but the the one thing I noticed, and like we heard that from the we heard that from the scout as well that yeah, that mentioned that we um he couldn't really see him as a professional baseball catcher. But yeah, it's like watching um you know, every all the catchers always have their pre inning throw down to second. Yeah, it's just like that's that's the one thing I was impressed about. It's like watching the pop time from him and like just it his throws an absolute clothesline down to second. It's like I just really like the hand glove to hand work that he has behind the plate. It's just yeah, it's like I know I know we've been praising his bat for the most part this minor league season, but yeah, it's like I've just really really enjoyed watching him play defense.
0: Yeah, his pop time was pretty
1: impressive. I mean, you guys and were both... To, to clarify, that Scott was saying that he he had seen Crouch in college and said there was, he didn't think there was any way he was a professional catcher. And then he's seen him, what, two, three years later, and he was basically saying, like, I actually think he's a good defensive catcher now, which is wild. I never would have expected mm. it. So, yeah, I, it's... David they they Like, offense, defense, it looks like kind of the total package. I'm kind of, you know, just uh, hedging my bets by saying MLB backup because... You know he's he hasn't been a double A yet, we don't know. But I would I would take that out of an eleventh rounder for sure. A uh, Kurt Casali, I'll take it.
2: Yeah, I mean I think the I think the longer he stays he stays under the radar, the better though. Is like I feel like as as soon as he as soon as he gets found out, it's like as soon as people start seeing him on like the top thirty boards, you know yeah. people are going to be like, oh wait, this guy's really good. We should call him up to triple-A right away and just <laughs> push him right off the ledge, sink or swim, like. And- you know, just fans like, are gonna the longer that that no he stays, what, just, like you know, st- st- Yeah, it's like as long as he just stays the course and just like continues his development path the way it is, it's like, yeah, Chris, I you're definitely right. He could he could be the he could be the type that you see in a couple of years so that people are gonna be like, Where where's this where'd this guy come from? It's like who who they, who in the H is Josh Crouch?
0: Yeah. yeah. You're going to ride that train because we're going to put them pretty high on our prospect board list, but I'm not telling you where, but just expect that. Uh, yeah. So let's move down quickly to Wakeland. The Flying Tigers got outscored 42 to 30 as they lost a series to Brimington. Again, like I mentioned earlier, this is the last time you'll see the Flying Tigers on TV for the season as they do not play Port Luc or St. Lucie, which is another team that usually broadcasts. That's it, Brimington and St. Lucie. And that's it. Again, I'm not sure when that will happen for the Tigers. I don't think it will anytime soon. That's just my opinion. But, either way, Jackson Job set a career high with seven strikeouts. His slider was wiffle ball, like we mentioned on the podcast on Thursday. And that was really so. Dylan Smith, the rehab start yesterday, two innings, no runs, two strikeouts, looked pretty good. Angel Reyes, who's been at West Michigan, had three innings, one run, and struck out five. But he was hitting 95-96. And I was like, nah, no way. So, I checked baseball savant. And he, mm-hmm. I mean, Chris, I'm wrong, Chris. He was been 92, 91 at West Michigan, right?
1: I, you know, I I don't even remember. But yeah, we've seen him there for a couple of years, right? And yeah. Um, I thought it was yeah, like, but he's, not, he's normally just pitching out of relief. So, yeah, he may have got to be a little bump. But he's been in the system for a while. So maybe there's something they like about him.
0: I, I, but I'm just saying, because I never, I never remember him throwing that hard at West Michigan. Like, I, when I was seeing the numbers, I just was kind of stunned because I remember it was like 91, 92 tops. When he was with the Whitecaps, so I'll have to I'll talk to Hasty about that. Uh, Cam Brown, the local local kid out of Central Michigan, also we saw him pitch. Uh, I like this uh, note by David in the notes. Marco Jimenez, one uh, gives me the sad line and then goes, "Quote the stuff is annoying." So why is this stuff annoying, David?
1: <laughs> well, that that's a that was a me comment. Oh, <laughs> all right, okay. Okay. This is the guy I wanted to talk about because uh, Marco Jimenez, have you heard of him? Um, I'll just once we talked about him earlier in the year, I believe I, too. I think we did. Um, he was 95, 97 touching 99 with ease, just, just firing missiles. I was like, who the hell is this kid? And, and he was, he pitched in Connecticut, and then blew out his arm, so he's that's how long he's been gone. Basically, this is his. his I think he pitched a little bit last year, but uh, but um, yeah. So he, uh, I, I, it's just it's just a huge arm from this kid, and it looks free and easy. And he's got a usable breaking ball, like every now and then it'll flash average, and then um, yeah, and he's got a changeup too right, that I saw a couple times, but. It's twenty grade command. He has no idea where anything's going. It's such a frustrating thing because his mechanics don't look all that bad to me, but he just he could not locate anything, and he gave up like four walks in a in hard contact when he left things elevated. You know, you see, he's a short, stocky kid. He's kind of reminiscent of like the Melvin Mercedeses of the world. Yeah, I was gonna but say like, that. Yeah, the early stop. But like, it's not like a violent delivery, right? It's just kind oh. of he's just kind of stocky. It just almost like he stops and just. And, uh, but yeah, like he's, he's up to 99 and you're like, oh, come on, man, learn how to throw strikes. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if it will ever be anything. This is kind of like a classic low A arm, like, uh, 12, 13 years ago, there was a kid named Ramon LeBron who would throw a hundred, but couldn't throw, uh, you know, throw strikes. And, and that was as far as he got. So anyway, yeah. that's just why I wanted to bring him up.
0: That's a good, that was a good time to bring up, but I saw a film on him. See you away. I, we... I remember seeing something on Twitter before. Yeah, I think Kyle Kyle Peterson from Perfect Game had that up. So um, one before we move on, real quick, Walter had a good question that. um, Well, here's the thing: What Walter in the YouTube chat? Am I too much of a homer to think we're not a total lost cause, like most on Woodward Sports? Starting pitching this year has been a mess, but I believe in Feder and what he has done with some of our guys so far. Well, as the i guess the most uh voice of re- see the thing is since i started woodward sports you get kind of associated with that and some people who know me as long as they know me or done i've done this know pretty well i keep it honest as possible without having a hot take if i have a hot take you guys can call me out all day and that's fine i don't want i'd rather be objective i've been Step fast in saying this since the day, since day one about the Tiger season. They didn't have enough depth. They needed some more offense. They needed some more pitching. This year has been one of the strangest years in baseball that I cannot, uh, Tigers baseball, I can ever recall. I cannot explain to you the injuries. I cannot explain Javi Baez suddenly having the yips a little bit. Well, a little bit because that's he, the, the guy he really is. But as I think there was too much expectations on Spencer Torkelson to get started the season right away. I think that's unfair to him. There's a lot of things. And Avila saying the rebuild was over didn't help. And that just gives, if you give any excuse to the fans to get mad, they will take advantage of it. And I think the Tigers, we, we got to really look at their depth right now, but I think there's two schools of thought that is going on in Detroit. with that. I, I personally think that they're going to need another year or two before they're even contention right now. I think, there's there's pieces there. There is there's the pitching developments there. There's a lot of things you can like with, with Chris Fetter and across the across the board with, Gabe Rivas as well, and Ryan Garko's done a really good job, and talking some analytics with people. They've done a very good job of addressing those things, but they still have some ways to go. But I'm not going uh, the, the hashtag that I'm not gonna mention because, it it is just a hashtag, and I just got to be rational about the whole thing and. But yeah, Walter. <laughs> unfortunately, like I said, Adam is his own person. Everybody else, same thing. But I just try to steer the ship as much as I can through logic, as possible. So I do get mad, I get frustrated, and everybody should. So, but uh, I just want to address that question before we move on. Unless yeah, you guys have
1: something to say. I just, I think the the part that the where it's hard not to feel like it's a lost cause to me is is just the offense, right? It's it's this offense is just as bad as it was in 2019. Like That's the WRC plus is 77 and a 2019 at 78 this year before today, maybe it's 77 again. Um And it's just hard to find, like figure out where they're going to get any offense from in the future. Like, you know, they still have scope for next year. They could still have Camelario next year, but they're, like, you know, green and torque were supposed to be the anchors of the, the, the team. Right. And and is and has fallen flat and green is fine. But he's a rookie. He's going through his rookie struggles, right? He's going to be up and down a little bit. I think he'll be fine in the future. But they, we joke about it, but they need like six extra bats before they can even contend. And I just don't know where the hell any of that is going to come from. And, and Javi Baez has been a cypher on offense this year, too. Well, he had a home run today, right? But uh, right. I feel like he's he's walking more and striking out less than he has just about any point in his career. It's not like super high numbers or like crazy, but he's not hitting for any power other than, you know, he hit the home run today. But so, yeah, his strikeout rate is at like a career low, 23.8% this year. Career low, walk rate 4.7 coming in today. So so right about average. But uh, he's hitting 220. His batting average on balls in play is uh, 265, which was the last time it was this low was in 2020 when he had a terrible year. The rest of his career has been 330. So, I don't know what's going um, Yeah, so it's it's uh, it's just hard. Like, I don't know if there's a switch that somehow they can flip and make things uh, go back to the way they were supposed to be. But it's it's impossible for me right now to picture where the offense is. Yeah, like yourself. But we need to see that for like a month, before we really feel like he's back, right? So, it's just tough. All right, David. What about you? Before we move on,
2: yeah, I mean, it, it's it's tough. So, like you said, Chris, it's just tough to look at the hitting depth right now. It's like, um, especially seeing it with like Scope as well. It's like I think we, I think we're rushing this thing a little bit, especially after like last season. I don't know if you remember the hot streak that Scope had, and like he he hit a two, like a two week hitting tirade, hit himself into a two two year contract extension. I'm pretty sure I was the only one that thought that was, like, the most rushed thing ever. But yeah, it's like, I don't know, I think we're just, I, I think the front office for a little spurt was just so desperate to get this thing moving that they were just like, yep, yeah, tell everybody that's done. It's like, we're, our, our stretch of having a over 500 month for all the months except April last season or is it is what's going to make this, push this thing through. But yeah, no, it's like, if anything, this upsets me more than 2015 is, like, you know, it, 20, 2015, it's like, you know, we, we kind of knew it was going to fall, fall flat a little bit, but, yeah, with this one, it was just, it's a bummer. I have, I have a lot of things to say, but I'm going to keep it short. All right.
0: But, well, yeah, my, you know, thank, my, uh, Walter, thank you for the question. That was a good question. As uh I said, we talked about the pitching. What about the hitting down in Lakeland? Roberto Campos, two-week game in game one with double and RBI. Four for 18 this week. Was Isaac Pacheco, who I thought played pretty good third base. There was a couple plays made made some good strong throws to see there. Christian Santana has had a good month. He's now his OPS 8.24 in the month of July. He also had a two hit game with the home run in the fifth game of the series. And Eduardo Valencia, who had a really nice double yesterday, he had a three hit game, drove in three. And I again, he was playing some first base. He's been normally catching, so that was good to see. And kind of shows kind of depth right now. The Tigers have in their system catcher wise. So really. So Michael's just just got to what I was going to b- talk about. And I'll let Chris talk about that. Uh, I do want to, uh, though, I do want to celebrate. I do you want to celebrate this? Yes. That's a shout out to that. Chris, or do you see me? David put in the notes. Rayner Castillo gets his first win. And United States soil on the complex league side, five innings, four hits, no runs, two walks and three strikeouts. So a cousin from another mother. No, I'm just I, I have no relation to the man. It just has a cool last name. Just like Max Castillo of the Blue Jays. So uh, <laughs> I was, I was, uh I'll let you guys take over with complex league in, in DSL action. Raylan Perez, Chris, who is Raylan Perez?
1: You know, I, I don't really know. He was uh, he was not one of their bigger name uh, international signings this last year. You know they they made a you know, tweeted about him switch hitting shortstop uh, out of Dominican, I believe. But he's been a monster in the DSL this year. We like you said we, we we don't have any scouting reports on him. We don't have any video on him really, other than like you know every now and then you can see like a, a minute long like hype video from his uh, his his Luscon. But yeah, he this week eight for nineteen with a double, three homers, ten RBIs, three walks, seven strikeouts. He is, he's got an, a one point oh nine nine. OPS, which is the fifth best in the DSL and the the four guys above him are not shortstops, so I don't know it's, again, it's all based on stats and stats in the DSL are essentially meaningless, but at least it's something to like grasp onto, like maybe they maybe the Tigers finally did it maybe they finally got some random dude who actually blew up after they signed him but we'll just have to wait and see
0: yeah, he's been that. That would be nice to see. That would be nice to have a a, a surprise like that. But uh, yeah, Raylan. Well, and, pro-
1: well <laughs> it's just funny. I mean, I hate to, to do it the other way around, though, because Javier Osorio was the guy that they spent point two million dollars on, right? He was the the next Christian Santana, and at one point last week, he had gone eleven straight at bats with a strikeout, eleven straight swinging strikeouts. Uh, his OPS is under six hundred in the DSL. Uh, And and that's not what you want to see. Like, again, stats are kind of meaningless, but he's looking very much like a two year DSL player, which is, again, not what you want to see from your huge ticket signing in the international market. So maybe, maybe Raylan Perez was the secret and they had to get him. They had to pay Osorio, or maybe none of it matters. We'll, we'll find out.
0: Yeah. Well, the Yankees, for example, the Yankees have had better luck with some of their lower money signings
1: than they Mm -hmm. have their higher money signings, correct? A lot of guys like Tatis was like 100 grand. Acuna was like 150. Like, yeah, a lot of these these guys who end up blowing up were not, you know, because they make these deals with them two years before they actually sign. So, a lot of things can change in those two years. But again, we haven't. We have no scouting. We have no anything on this kid. So it, it might just be that he is just the world's best DSL player and won't be able to hit anything at any other level. But I thought he was fun to, to keep track. And they have a couple other. Hey, chance, Sanchez is a. Another guy performing pretty well down there. I think it's an 850 LPS. Uh, left-handed hitting third baseman. And then they've got Jessway Bersano, who is 6'4", 200-pound catcher. Uh, <laughs> that's another catcher. probably a uh, Probably another Valencia down the road where it's a, like a big old boy. man in, <laughs> uh, man in first base down the, in the future. But, I don't know, just some names that are interesting. But, again, I try to – we can't really stress this enough. Those stats are, are essentially meaningless are talking about basically high school level baseball with guys with professional tools, and so even watching low A this week was just torturous at times. There was, oh
0: yeah,
1: we, we mentioned Pacheco. Pacheco had two straight games where he uh, committed obstruction by running into the base runner during a rundown. Like two consecutive games, he did that. Just like, oh, oh man, and uh, <laughs> I know and I just was, I played good defense, but I mean that well, was. I mean, yeah, I mean it's 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 all about consistency, right? These these right. guys know what to do, it, it becomes like muscle memory with everything, but, you know, by five years of doing professional infield practice every day, you turn into a pretty good defender, but, you know, in the first year or two it's not going to, not going to stick to this yet, but, yeah, and there was the other game with, with Bradenton where I, I want to say, what was it, yeah, Lakeland was down nine to three, and I think they scored six runs with two outs, and it was just a, a, a cavalcade of I think there were four errors in one inning. It was, uh, oh. It's not pretty baseball down there. So, again, the stats are sometimes misleading. But there are certain things that I think point to positive signs. One of them is, is walking a lot. Even, you know, that's not always trustworthy. Maybe a guy is walking because he can't see breaking balls, and they just – pitchers can't throw breaking balls for strikes. <laughs> but it's something. And I think extremely negative performance, unfortunately, is telling. So if a guy's slugging – or you know, you know, hitting 200 in the DSL uh, with no walks and no power, that's probably not a great sign.
0: Yeah. If you have no walk rates or oh, anything positive on the walk side of things, that's, that is a bad sign. If It doesn't, doesn't change. The guy is who they are. I mean, they, in, I, I can't say that some things can change. You can cut down your strikeouts. So it really depends,
2: but yeah. David, do you want anything before we get out of here? Um, I mean, yeah, it's, I, I looked at the names on the complex sheet Um, here. And it's like the one thing that stuck out for me was a, adenso reyes is like yeah yeah it's chris you put in the notes here it's like um that was a big signing four years ago and i'm like i thought my thought to myself i'm like wow that's that's four years ago it's like it i I was i was surprised that i thought he would be a little bit higher by now but um yeah it's it's good to see he's producing it's like i i can't really remember the scouting report very well offhand but like was he was he supposed to be a little bit higher by now i feel like
1: yeah, absolutely. He, he was he was considered the better hitter. He, he and, and Jose De La Cruz were the two big signings that year. Yeah. And he was considered the more, like, polished hitter. De La Cruz was more of a powerful guy who was going to swing at everything. And then Reyes, uh, yeah, he, he was in the complex league last year and, and struggled like crazy. And uh, I want to say that they actually – did they send him down? I, I, I just remember. Yeah, they, he, that, I thought he, they sent him down after – he just couldn't yeah he, I, I think he started in low a and they sent him down or I, I don't know exactly what happened but yeah so it's uh it's been a slow boil there and, and i think he might even be rule 5 eligible um yes he is He's rule five eligible and not out of the college league but that's what happens you know it i'm not expecting a whole lot from him but you, you never know as we said with with guys in the development path sometimes they're they just need he needs to see you know two thousand professional breaking balls before he can actually hit them and then he figures out how to do
0: it. I don't know. That's true. He did. Yeah, I forgot about that. He did get COVID. I didn't remember that. Now, Michael says that. But we'll see. Hopefully, he bounces back and provides worth. All right, folks. So we we'll give you an hour and a half worth of prospect coverage. We're gonna have our top twenty-five dropping this week. Everything's all set. The, the twenty-five has been done. So now we got to do the profile part of it. So that will be up on our website. the website, Tiger Money Report tigersmlreport.com ml com, and David's written some stuff too, that will be coming out with our top 25. So we're looking forward to sharing that. And yeah. So again, thank you for everybody for participating in YouTube tonight. And thanks for everybody who has followed the channel. And I know I'm flashing the Patreon down below patreon.com forward slash tiger. My report. If you want to give us a few bucks a month, just to keep out the content rolling, it just goes a long way. Uh, We don't get paid for – actually, we don't get paid at all for doing this stuff, and we just – we like doing it because we like the fans and like the interactions. So uh, I got an article over at WoodwardSports.com about the trade deadline and a couple guys that I think the Toronto – if Toronto decides to be a trade partner, who I think the Tigers are fitted. I don't try – the the freedom not working at Motor City Bengals anymore. No offense, Chris. I don't have to come up with some pie-in-the-sky trade proposal that is – I always come out with realistic ones and you're you do a really good job with that. So I try to keep in line with what you do. So the ones that are outrageous I can't I can't do it.
1: Well you know, I mean I, I wouldn't have uh I didn't put like I, I had that doesn't matter. I had the Tigers uh you know, possibly trading Scoobyl to Seattle for a package that I think would ended up being less than Seattle actually gave up for uh Castillo. Now you yeah, right. thought He's a better better pitcher than uh Scooble, but he has less was- team control so
0: that was a good no. That was a good. That was a good article. That was again in line with that. I mean, but either way, uh, just keeping. I was thinking I even doing one about the met system right now, but I have some notes. But we'll, we'll see. We'll have time. We we'll had time for. It. But anyway, thanks everybody for participating. Thanks everybody for listening and watching.
1: We'll talk to you soon. Have a good week, everybody.